Good evening, everyone. Waminjika and welcome to M Pavilion. My name's Natalie King and I'm the senior curator of the Pavilion. It's fantastic to see so many familiar faces, especially in the front row, um, on a balmy Melbourne evening um, as we continue our Tuesday night conversations at the intersection of architecture and design. <coughs> we acknowledge the Bunwarang as the traditional custodians of the land on which we meet and we pay our respects to their ancestors and elders past, present and into the future. Tonight we have a specially conceived dialogue um, on the eve of the hauntingly beautiful Yang Fudong exhibition Filmscapes at Acme that opens later this week. And we are thrilled to be partner partnering with our comrades at Acme and would like to welcome a number of guests who are here this evening especially the delegation of Chinese museum directors, uh, Megan Leckie and Santi Saptari from Pearl Lamb Galleries in Shanghai and Singapore, Rose Lord, director of Marion Goodman Gallery in New York, Gary Proctor from Warburton Arts Projects. Uh, thank you for joining us. So tonight is uh, very much a prelude talk, a way to delve into the myth and mystery of Yang Fudong's filmscapes and um, discuss ideas of um, disengagement and disenchantment, but also consider his very highly stylized sets and, um, um, and the way that he works with the kind of Shanghai film noir meets Ming Dynasty brush painting via Fellini. You can see I had a preview on Monday. So we plan to use Yang Fudong's sort of epic and plotless filmscapes as a background to discuss um, a broader um, conversation about the proliferation of museums in China. At present, there are 5,000 museums in China. Every year, 100 new museums open. And in 2011, uh, this uh, figure peaked with 400 museums. That's one every day. So this propulsion towards urban expansion is something that we might like to consider um, as a really kind of staggering fact. Tonight we are joined by uh, two illustrious speakers. Uh, Dr Claire Roberts will be known to many of you. She's a highly regarded historian, curator and scholar of Chinese art, having worked at Harvard University ANU and a senior curator of Asian arts at the Powerhouse Museum. She has curated exhibitions for the National Museum of China, the National Museum of Korea and the Art Gallery of, the New, South, of New South Wales. She is currently senior lecturer at the University of Adelaide. And tomorrow you can hear Claire in conversation at the Acme Symposium uh, where she'll be speaking at 11am with Yang Fudong. Um, Unfortunately, Ning from Shanghai Art Museum is not able to join us this evening due to ill health, but we are very pleased to welcome Liu Feng, who is the director of Shijia Shuan, practicing my Chinese, Art Museum in Yusi Park, uh, west of the provincial capital. This museum opened in 2010 and comprises 10 vast exhibition halls. The museum embraces the idea that art and public life are intertwined, focusing on public educational activities and programming to link the public and the museum. The museum attracts visitation of more than 6,000 people per day. 
So please join me in welcoming our two speakers. I thought a good place to start our conversation is to delve straight into Yang Fudong's filmscapes and ask you both if you could comment on the highly stylized sort of decor and mise en scène in his films. 那么我在这里觉得在我们这个对话的一开场白可能我先借用于杨福东他的作品上面的一些风格或者内容向你们提出一些问题吧那我想现在问一下两位对于杨福东他非常具有风格的一个这样子的一个比较你对他的这个作品
，呃，再一个呢，就是杨福东先生应该说，在中国的这个视觉艺术的这些艺术家里面，还是非常优秀的啊，非常优秀的，他的视觉呃视角非常独特。I would like to say that um, Yang Fudong is an art artist. Um, when you look at his works, there's a, a very um, sort of strong sense of beauty. It almost looks perfect. Um, but during his work, I don't think he actually tried to impose anything on you. Um, the element that he sort of convey in his work, sort of, um, I guess, almost in a way, invite. Um, audience to actually um, adding their own interpretation, and I quite like this kind of unique perspective. And Yang Fudong, that definitely is one of the most prominent artists in China, in contemporary China art scene. You know, working with um, images and filmmaking, this kind of medium. Um, Perhaps it'd be good to pick up that point that Mr. Liu said about the beauty of the films. There are many uh, youthful characters uh, that attract, um, looking longingly, uh, bewildered, very much estranged. I just wondered what you both thought about um, the representation of um, youth in his films and whether this might be a broader comment on estrangement in, in China. 那么在这里就是接下去延续着刚才刘先生所提到的，杨福东的作品里面有一种美感，有一种很唯美的这种啊、呃、画面。那么他同时他的作品里面就是提接触到很多关于呃青春年轻人的这些类似的题材里面的那些年轻人，他的作品里面的年轻人给人的一种感觉是他是充满充满向往的，同时也是非常迷惑的，好像有一种嗯不太自由的被束缚的感觉。那你可以就是可以请两位在。继续的，呃，围绕着青春的这个主题，再给我们进一步的做出一些见解吗？呃，我觉得杨福东先生呢，他首先呢，他是提出问题，他并没有做出一个一个解答或者解呃解释，他通过呢，他把东西呈现出来，提出这个问题，呃，让我们观者。呃，有一个引发我们观者的一个思考，呃，我觉得就跟年轻人一样，年轻人更多的呢，他是一种，呃，对未来，呃，他的一种向往或者追求，呃，年轻人更多的他是提出问题，思考问题，至于解答问题呢，我觉得是他想通过他提出的这个问题，让公众，呃。有一个共同的啊，共同的一个一个解答。嗯、mm. ，I suppose I'd add that.、Um, oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry. Um, sorry. Um, yeah. Um, I guess Yang is very good at raising questions um, using his artwork instead of actually provide.、Um, Providing any sort of definite answers in a sense during this kind of presentation, I guess sort of introduce us to questions in the way、um, he may he makes audience to think deeply、uh, about youth almost in a way、um, in a sense that youth、um, for this generation it's more about、um, how they perceive you know their future will be. There is a certain there's definitely a sense of longing.、Um, 
in his works, um, I guess probably he's more interesting in questioning the youth, the young generation as a whole, maybe in search of a kind of collective answer almost in a sense. Um, I was going to add <laughs> um, that, I mean, I think one thing that Yang Fu Dung um, gives us is um, he allows us to kind of have a different kind of perspective on things. He almost takes us out of our time and place and the contemporary moment. Um, and it's as if we're looking at the, you know, at the world, obviously through his eyes, but from a, almost from on high or from, from some other kind of planet almost. Um, and he uses, you know, youth as his, his characters, um, and, you know, and people are walking around often in some kind of a, 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 of a daze, um, not speaking, I mean, just experiencing. And this idea of collapsing, you know, both time and space, you know, so it's this non-specific kind of zone that he creates, I think is a, a very interesting space. And I think we have to remember that, you know, China has a very long history, you know, a very long history of uh, reference and, you know, in a way we're living in the present moment and we're seeing, I mean, it is a great period of, 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 of uh, monumental change, but China has been experiencing periods of fundamental change for a very long, um, you know, part of its history. It is a syncretic kind of culture fundamentally, and so there have been these huge um, periods of upheaval, of readjustment, of realignment. So I suppose, uh, you know, I, I, you know, I like to kind of um, see Yang Fudong's, um, you know, interest in kind of that historical narrative. I mean, I like to kind of even take it further back and, um, and, and see him as, as, as having an, an even uh, larger perspective. You know, that I, I think we kind of can't just focus it on the last, I don't know, 10 years or 30 years or even 50 or 70 years. I think, you know, there, there's this layering of, of history, um, you know, that is very present um, um, in, in, in Chinese culture. And I guess, I mean, the other thing I'd say, I mean, there's a very wonderful essay written by, you know, um, Pierre Rickman's uh, Simon Leys. He died earlier this year, one of the great Sinologists, uh, great public intellectuals. We're fortunate that he lived in Australia for many, many, many of the kind of last decades or the last decades of his life. Um, but you know, he's got a wonderful essay called "Chinese Attitudes Towards the Past," and in that he says, you know, that um, that really kind of history doesn't reside in China, you know, in the in the physical buildings, in the in in physical things, but it's it's within the people, you know. So you know, you see in Yang Fudong's films this use of physical kind of fragments and props, but the most important characters, you know, are the people who are kind of moving through this, um, through this time and space. So I think there's, you know, there's something very interesting going on there, you know, that it's about what is carried through people and how people kind of have moved through time and, you know, there's this layering, you know, and fragmenting, you know, that he's, um, you know, I see, or I, I feel as though he's picking up on. 那么在这里，我想讲一下关于杨福东他的作品的一些特点，就是在这里，我觉得很好的一点就是他在选择他呃创作的时候，他总是去选择一个不同的角度，有有很多不同的角度作为一个切入点。那么在这里，他所占的一个是一个比较高的位置，你可以甚至把它想象成是。比如说是从另外的一个星球过来啊，就是往低望看一下我们现在的生活是怎么样的。那么当然，现在的年轻人非常就是在这边常见的一个种状态，可能他就是每日就是
啊，做他自己日常的生活。每次在街上行走的时候，他可能是带着一种迷惘的，他的体验又是什么？他每一日，他他心里面想的又是怎么样？那杨福东他所创作的作品里面，他有一个时空感的一个这样子的交错。那么在这里是一个非常之呃细腻的一个元素。那么在中国，大家不要忘记，中国是一个历史非常悠久的国家。那我们现在凝视的中国是一个当代现在的中国，但是不要忘记，中国它以前其实发生。是非常巨大的变化，它经历了很多比较重要的历史时期，在文化上面，呃，有经历了不同时期的动荡和经过了很长一段时间的调整和调试。那么杨福东他作品里面的他这种在嗯以历史角度上面的一个叙事性，我们甚至可能要把他的这种角度或者是叙事的嗯这种啊、呃、框架更更要放宽放广，可能并不是说在目前只是集中于我们近。十年或者是五十年发生的事情，而是要把他的我们的就是聚焦他作品的这个呃角度或者是视觉放的要更宽，在这边历史是一个非常重要的一个层次感。那么雷门先生他在这边是啊啊、呃呃，从悉尼的一位学者，他写过一篇非常重要的啊、呃、学术论文，就是他的题目呢就是论中国人对历史的态度，一个这样子非常重要的议题。那么在这里，他可能就是或者是我想借他的嗯。呃论文来谈的一个内容，就是说他在这边觉得中国的历史，它不是在一个嗯，并不是说是框在一个中国它里面的一些什么建筑或者是历史文物里面的这样子的一个凝固的特征。中国的历史历史是啊、呃，取决于在中国的人们当中的，所以你看到很多。啊、呃，杨福东他的作品很多时候，其实不管他的背景或者场景设计怎么样，他的嗯、呃，还是以人文的角度，他的里面作品里面的人物才是他嗯、呃、这个作品里面的重头戏。那么是由人物来传达出一种历史的使命感，或者是把历史的这个丰富性这个另外的层面表现出来。Claire, you remarked on the. Um, lack of dialogue in Yang Fudong's film, and it reminds us that he trained at the China Art Academy, and his first project was to take a three-month vow of silence. So for a hundred days, he didn't speak, and he navigated the world through listening, which is something we're very mindful of in the pavilion about listening to each other and activating conversations. I wondered what you both thought about um, the lack of dialogue and the role of listening. 那么好，接着呃，就是接下来啊 ，Clay 刚才讲的，就是在杨福东他年轻的时候，还在美院念书的时候，他曾经有一个这样子的行为，就是啊，在三个月的期间，他没有讲话啊，因为刚才 Clay 在这个谈话我们的过程中中提到了一。一个这样子的特征，就是在杨福东他的作品里面，我们先有看到，就是不太常见，他里面有任何对话的一个这样子的发生。那么。把这个对对我刚才所讲，杨福忠在年轻的时候拒绝发声，有这么一段时期的这个行为，就是你你们就是请两位讲一下，你对这件事情的态度是怎么样呢<笑> ？Well, I think that work was a was a great turning point for him. I understand he regards it, you know, in that way. It was a work that he did when he was still at art school,、um, you know, and I think.、Um, You know, it was a way of internalizing,、um, you know, the artistic process.、Um, you know, that idea of、um, internal reflection. You know, and I think we can see that I, you know, that notion of reflection、um, and focusing on 
the non-physical, you know, the spiritual or whatever word we use to kind of um, articulate that space. But, um, you know, I think we can see that, you know, those ideas and kind of values, if you like, carried through in much of his work um, ever since then, um, manifest in, in different ways. I mean, in his early photos, some of his early photographic work, there is some text. But by and large, I mean, he, he refrains from using dialogue um, or text. Um, you know, so I think that in, in a place like China, you know, where the written word is so powerful, you know, I think that that um, is something that we need to reflect on, you know, in terms of the significance of his art and how he's um, positioning it. You know, that is a very kind of interesting move, you know, within a cultural sense. 啊，那么在这里我想讲一下，我觉得他就是对他不不发生的这在这次实验呢，对他在艺术创作上面算是一个转转折点，就是他还在年轻的时候在美院的时候，我觉得这个过程是等于说他向内部审视自己的一个这样子的内部的一个反思的一个这样的过程。那么其实呃这种概念可能就是他跟我们平时的一个身上的肢体上物理或者是物化方面的啊。呃一个平时的一个联系，做出一个抽离。那么在这里可能呃更加着重的是一个精神层面的一个这样子的探索。那么很多时候我们在他后来的作品里面都有看到，比如说他的一些思想，他所想要要表现的一些呃美术的一个价值观，在他后来的一些作品里面都有呈现。那么他可能早期的时候反而就是在做一些嗯。静止的摄影的一些作品里面，还是会有一些文字跟图片一起出现。那么后来越来越发的，他的风格，他可能就尽量的避开了这个在呃文字的出现或者是对话的一个加入。那么在中国这个嗯环境下，其实文字它是一个非常有利的。那我觉得杨福东他啊。呃以一个这样子的别有不同的一个这样子的嗯、呃、角度去把自己在一个啊、呃、中国的文化上面做一个定位，我觉得这一点是非常有趣的。呃，因为这个杨福东呢，他出生在七十年代，上个世纪的七十年代。呃，七十年代这一代人呢，应该说经历的中国嗯文化的变革是非常大的啊。呃因为我也是七十年代的人，我们所接触到的这种文化的变化，从我尤其是改革开放以后，呃，大量的外来的文化重新进入到中国，呃，对人们传统的这种思考，嗯，应该是一个很大的一个冲击。呃，这些年呢，嗯，应该说中国呢也是一个呃开放的国家，越来越开放，呃，各种的思想思潮。还有文化都进入到中国，我们从一个封闭的年代，呃，走向一个开放的年代。人们的，呃，对对待新鲜事物，因为我们见到的新鲜事物，跟我们一开始见到的东西是完全不一样的。这个时候呢，这一代人，呃，他跟我们的上一代的人，他思考问题的角度，呃，发生了很大的变化。但是，呃，这一代人发生变化。那么我们前一代人跟我们这一代人呢，就会有一个思想上的一个一个碰撞，有一个碰撞。那么我们接受什么？我们原来的东西是呃是什么样？我们传统的文化是什么样？我们的父辈呢，可能更多的呃是我们传统的东西
多一点，再加上嗯，中国这一百年来，呃，无论从大的革命事件，呃，就是重大的历史事件也好，到人们思想的变化也好，因为它经历了几个大的时期，人们这个思想的变化也非常大，经历了几次大的事件嘛，嗯，尤其是。呃，这个改革开放以后，嗯，首先，呃，随着经济的发展啊，不断的发展，那么很快的就是外来的文化的进入，整个对呃中国社会，尤其是对这一代这一代人思想，呃，思想的这个冲击还是非常大。这个时候呢，就会引起这一代年轻人啊，这一代年轻人，呃。对现实社会的一个思考，刚才我们提到的就是，呃，不发声啊。我们通过这几个月，这个杨福东他这几个月的不发声，他我觉得他想传达的一个什么，就是我们在思呃思考问题的时候，我们是不说话的，啊，我们只有通过我们一个呃很冷静的一个思考之后，我们会把我们的呃经过思考和沉淀的这个观点更好的表达出来。我觉得。杨福东他就是通过，呃，一个沉默，呃，这个沉默呢是给自己留下一个时间和空间进行思考。之后，我们会有一个新的，呃，思想上的一个，呃，升华。最后呢，会有一个新的，呃，传递啊，我们新的东西的一个传递。Yang, as an artist who was born in seventies, um, last century, um, I guess, um, as a Chinese um, myself who was also born in seventies, I am actually entitled to say that we experienced lots of changes in China happening in a very rapid way um, ever since the um, opening door policy of China.、Um, that was the time when actually when when our Chinese were. You know, pretty much exposed to lots of foreign cultures and different schools of thoughts.、Um, in the recent years, China also sort of, I guess, sort of become more and more engaged with the rest of the globe, almost in a sense.、Um, so definitely now you will be experiencing kind of get. I I suppose the current generation, the The young generation and how they actually communicate or exchange their ideas with the previous generation.、Um, you know, for for my dad's generation, I guess the question for them was, you know, they need to think about what's tradition and what other things that you know still have merits、um, in a contemporary sense. In the recent hundred years of China, we experienced lots of different revolutions or historical events, and then we had the. And you know the reform of China, the opening door policy of China, you know lots of new things, new elements were introduced to China、um, as a country.、Um, so we're constantly experiencing new things, really. And for the youth of China,、um, really, and you know, I guess when Yang was still young at his time,、um, he chose a way to actually. I guess he refused to speak, and it was his way to demonstrate to the society at that time in China that I, I just refused to speak because I need a moment of silence because I really need some time and space to actually process my own thought. 
So I guess um, that's a way for the youth at that time, for young as an artist, you know, I guess that's idea for mm. him to actually express his artistic value. And, you know, from my own perspective, I kind of interpret that at, you know, as I just mentioned before. This is probably an appropriate moment to um, extend our conversation into the architectural and museum boom in China. And last month, President Xi Jinping uh, spoke at a literary conference and he called for a stop to wacky architecture. In particular, he was taking aim at Rem Koolhaas's building um, of the Chinese television headquarters. And I wondered if you two could comment on um, the, the rise of very iconic buildings in China. Um,在这里我们可能就是事实的要把我们今天谈话的内容转到另外一个方向，就是关于中国的建筑方面的一个这样子的大话题。那么就是在不久之前，习近平主席他在一个重要的文化讲话上面有提到过这样，就是嗯
当然有些建筑啊，有些建筑它是很好的，看它放在哪个环境当中。有些呢，呃，很好的建筑它放错了环境，它就会对传统的呃这种呃你这个文化就是一个一个破坏。为什么习总书记要提出这个问题？就是我觉得习总书记还是呃要让大家有一个思考。我们无论是中国的发展也好，或者是国外的发展也好，跟你的文化不能脱节。一旦脱节以后，这个东西它会，呃，一个是它站不住脚，再一个呢，呃，我们过多少年以后看这个呃文化符号，就是我们这个建筑，呃，它是一个跳跃的，呃，它是融入不到你这个城市里面的。最终它会消失的。And I guess this pretty much relates back to what I just discussed earlier on as well. In the recent past few years, China is、um, sort of undergoing lots of rapid changes. In the you know the recent thirty years,、um, so. I guess, in a way, we as Chinese, we don't have enough time to actually reflect back on what had happened to our culture, to our country as a whole. So, lots of the time, we sort of experiencing like a very large volume of imported culture in a sense. But how do we actually evaluate this kind of foreign cultures?、Um, so, how do we actually find the proper balance in between? Um, our own Chinese culture and foreign cultures, whether this is good or bad, and etc. So,、um, from a personal point of view, I think that we, as a nation, we need to pause and think a little bit more. That we need more time to actually,、um, I guess, properly absorb all the new things that happen around us.、Um, I guess some some people in China they probably would think that the only、um, Symbol or criteria of judging、um, how developed a city or the country can be,、um, it's by looking at its、um, brand new skyscrapers.、Um, but I think I personally think、um, you know the opposite. I think that we really should look back into the history a little bit more and see how we can actually better preserve our historical legacy in a better way.、Um, China really、um, was sort of I guess struggling from.、Um, A developing country, or the way you know, making great, great progress in a sense, and try to move towards a more sort of developed country.、Um, as you can see, speed、um, becomes something very essential for Chinese. So many people, in a way, they think that anything、um, that can brand it as anti-tradition or anti-convention,、um, you know, will will be considered something good,、um, but. Is this kind of、um, development healthy? That's the question that I would like to ask. And also, you know, in the past hundred years, I guess if you look at examples in Europe, I think that's a very sort of sustain sustainable way of development. Lots of great architecture sort of remain、um, the same as it was hundred years ago.、Um, So here,、um, I don't think I'm not really totally、um, against all the sort of new element in terms of, I guess, architecture value.、Um, 
another point I think is also very important is we need to have a sort of holistic view in terms of urban planning as well. So if you have a brand new sort of building design, um, it's very essential where to actually place this building. If you place at the right place, I think obviously um, just a general cultural enhancement for the whole area. But you know, if you're doing the opposite, not really looking at you know what's around this new sort of um, brand new building that could um, cause problems. And I think that's what President Xi mentioned about, you know, uh, this kind of resistance, you know, in the future about we're not going to have any wacky architectures <coughs> in place. Um, so it sort of goes down to, I guess, essentially about um, whether you can actually create a kind of um, cultural legacy that's actually rooted or, or originated, um, originated from your culture base once you sever yourself from your, you know, where your birth your birthplace is coming from, that's something very dangerous in a way that actually made your work or your value become something actually suspended in the mid-air. It's not something very solid at all. So I guess um, it's very important to us to have a journalistic, I guess a holistic kind of view, um, you know, evaluate what can actually be represented as a cultural symbol. We need to find, um, we actually need to work into the direction in terms of how to integrate our culture in a better way instead of the opposite. 从古代到现代，中国呢始终是持着一种开放的心态和胸怀，在接受着任何一个国家的这种文化。呃，那么为什么我们古代没有出现这么多稀奇古怪的建筑？是因为它始终是把国外的一些优秀的文化元素经过
foreign cultures that you think you can actually reference to or borrow or make good use of, they actually take time to properly, you know, come up with an organic way how to actually mix the Chinese culture and the foreign culture together and create something uh, unique that's to China. Um, but what happened recently when you look at the CCTV building, what we Chinese draw as great, um, as big underpan building, and you know something similar in Wuhan as well, another kind of pants building. And if you look at the National um, Theatre Museum in, in China as well, uh, we call it Bernas, that's a one way of more civilized translation, but that also sort of rhymes with um, testicle building as well. Um, so I guess, if you look at those buildings separately on, you know, um, their own separate value, they can work in other contexts, um, no doubt. But if you actually place that in what, you know, where it is lo currently locating, that could cause problems. So I guess in, in the way, what I'm trying to say is the context is very important. And Therefore, I, I like to conclude, you know, on that subject that this kind of um, art architecture will slowly diminishing in China. <laughs> Bad luck for the international architects. They've had their time. <laughs> um, I, look, all I wanted to add was, I mean, I'm not an architectural historian, so I don't really want to comment too much on that, but we all know that there are all these trophy buildings that have been constructed um, in China, across China, particularly in Beijing. Um, in recent years. I think what is interesting is, um, you know, President Xi Jinping's uh, recent talk. It was called a Forum on Literature and Art. It was held on the 15th of October, just a couple of um, weeks ago. Um, and I think that, you know, this is a really significant kind of talk. I mean, it, you know, it takes one back to Mao Zedong's talk on literature and art in Yan'an in 1942. Um, and I think if you look at that speech, and there are, the full speech, as far as I'm aware, hasn't been released, but there is a, you know, interesting translation in English, and there's um, a lot of the Chinese text online. But um, for me, it was very interesting to look at some of the language and some of the ideas. Um, so I think there is a correction happening. Um, it'll be very interesting to see how that is played out. But there's a return to art, and architecture um, serving the people. Not only serving the people, but serving socialism. And uh, going back to these fundamental you know, principles um, that relate to socialism. Now, how that actually is interpreted um, you know, through um, you know, the whole Chinese system remains to be seen. But I think it is a, an interesting and significant kind of development. Um, and there's a lot of talk about you know, the true, the good, and the beautiful. So I guess it depends how we interpret the truth, the good, and the beautiful. What truth, what good, you know, how, what is good, what is beautiful in whose, whose eyes. So I think, you know, there are, um, you know, a lot of um, issues about, you know, morals, moral kind of um, questions that are embedded in this kind of document. And I think we've all seen a lot in the news, you know, about um, kind of moral kind of problems within Chinese society. We have our own in Australia. Every culture does that is experiencing kind of fundamental change but I think anyway th this is a kind of the larger environment that is playing out um, in China that I think is is quite significant it's about it appears to be about creating a kind of um, or smoothing out the narrative I guess of China China's 
uh, development and evolution, you know, since the 1940s to the present. Um, that's what it seems to me. Um, and bringing back some of these ideas and core values. Um, but it remains to be seen. Maybe um, Liu Feng would like to comment on that. I'm not sure. Mm. 那么刚才听到你的这个对这些建筑的这个评价，那么对于那些国际上面有名的建筑师来说，可能就是一个坏消息了啊。那么现在，因为我自己也本身不是说研究这个建筑历史出身的，所以就是想从另外一个角度、一
，这个为人民服务，呃，我觉着按照我们的这个说法，就是为公众，为我们的公众服务。而且中国这些年呢，由于改革开放，呃之后，人们这个思想，也就是说，我们到底我们的价值体系和道德体系是什么？我们没有一个很很好的思考啊！我们这些年呢，是以经济建设为中心，就是经济是第一位的。那么，我觉得一个国家和一个民族，我觉得还是从长远来说，嗯，还是他的道德、他的文化，呃，和他的传统文化是最主要的。我们一个民族能够长期的生存和发展。它是有它最基本的道德评判标准，呃，做支撑的。习总书记之所以提出来重新呃召开这个文艺座谈会，也就是说，因为现在嗯能够引领人们思考思想和我们文化发展的，应该是文艺。呃，从我们的各种艺术形态啊，从这个方面，我觉着习总书记是有一个回归。重新回归到我们所说的我们中华民族的礼仪之邦、文化大国，我们要把呃这种正确的这种价值观要重新有一个回归啊，因为我们刚才说到了中国近一百年经历了许多许多重大的事件，中国的。原有的道德体系和价值体系被打破以后，那么新的道德体系和价值体系是什么？我们这些年，我觉着是，呃，思考的相对比较少，因为我们更多的精力是要把中国从一个贫穷落后的一个国家，呃，建设成一个呃富强的国家。那么这些年呢，我们经济上去了，可是我们的道德建设。和我们的文化这一块的建设，没有随着经济的发展同步的往前推动，呃，造成了中国这些年呢，呃，社会上很多问题的发生，呃，甚至人们有一些迷茫，到底我们有了钱，我们要干什么？我们中国的传统的文化在哪里？我们的礼仪之邦应该是一种什么样的状态？往往现在我们可能，呃，这个大家感觉，嗯，一些不文明的呃行为啊或状态，包括现在我们国内的，从我们的呃这个一些电视上，我们也在反思这个问题。从我们的公益广告啊，我们的公益广告上也在反思这个问题，就是我们如何把中国的良好的一种这种形象。重新再树立起来，而不单单是我们有了钱啊！这个，我觉着中国现在已经发展到了一定，呃，从经济上发展到到了一定的状态。那么我们下来，我们更多的还是应该思考我们的文化，我们中国的文化，我们原来在世界上我们中国的形象是什么啊？而不是单独呃单纯的树立给世界的一个形象，就是中国现在中国人很有钱，但是很没文化，啊，我觉得习总书记呢重新提出这个问题来，还是从更深入的层次做一个思考。因为习总书记，我感觉是
呃，从建国以来，习总书记是一个非常非常有建树的一个国家领导人。短短的上任这么一年多的时间，就能够把中国的一些呃社会不好的这种风气进行一个扭转，因为。按照我们中国人来说，扭转一个社会风气是需要几十年这么一个时间，而习总书记就用了一两年的时间，把我们很多不好的东西进行了一个改变。我相信，在未来的习总书记执政的这些呃这个这个时间里，中国会给世界树立一个非常好的大国形象，尤其是文化形象。Grace, could we have an abridged translation? I'm conscious of time, and that Mr. Liu has another engagement. Yeah, um, 就是 I'm、oh, sorry, just got confused about the output channel. Um, um, I just want to. Mr. Liu just going to quickly make an ASEAN to make a quick sort of important phone call. It's coming、oh. from China, so it must be important. Um. So when I mentioned the buildings, the architects, you know, for example, the CCTV buildings or the building in Wuhan or the National Theatre,、um, I I don't have any problem with its original design, and I didn't mean to, you know, being disrespect to those, you know, great、um, well-known international architects.、Um, so what Miss、um, what President Xi mentioned in the forum, it's a very important speech. You know, it's another sort of. Important speech in relation to arts and culture after 72 years after pres after、um, President Mao,、um, who did a similar one back in the 40s.、Um, I don't think the core value about serving the people it it's a backward stay a、uh, step for China. I think it's something actually has its current value.、Um, To serve the people here, in my mind, is about serving the public in China.、Um, so we now, as Chinese, will obviously experience a rapid change in China in the、um, economic sense. Lots of things has, you know, sort of moving、um, to a more positive direction. But I guess from my point of view, that in terms of moral,、um, in terms of core values, in terms of cultural values, those are the elements still lagging behind. You know, compared to、um, our economic sort of construction in China at the moment, and、um, for me, it, it's also about a way of return in a sense because、um, you know how China is a nation with great history going. Way way back, we did have a very strong international presence、um, at the time. You know that we can actually. We are very proud being Chinese because we have great culture, we have great value. We very we we were considered a nation that's very civilized with great、um, sense of different culture, being very open and welcoming. I guess. President Xi, in a way, is probably calling for the return for China to going back to that kind of culture, sort of strong nation status, where we can actually showcase to the rest of the world that we are not just a group of people who are, you know, being, you know, who are getting super rich, but with, you know, no great cultural value behind to support us. I think this is a return that、um, President Xi. 
calling for, and you can pre pretty much see this kind of calling um, in official sort of promotion commercials in China um, at present day as well. There's something quite popular, I guess, what President Xi and I guess for all the Chinese is trying to achieve is a kind of, you know, it's kind of um, nation building that's not just based on economics. It's about, it's more about culture. So I guess President Xi, in my mind, is one of the best leaders so far in China since the new founding of China. Um, just after one year, um, he sort of, you know, become the national leader. He actually managed to shift lots of, um, I guess he managed to address lots of social problems and we see some positive changes in our society as well. So in future, I have great um, expectation for China as a country. I hope that we'll be able to send in lots of positive um, messages and be able to communicate with the rest of the world on a more sort of cultural level, um, in a sense. It's not just about economy. Claire wants to make a very brief final comment before we bring tonight's conversation to, to a close. Well, I was just going to say, I mean, the Chinese kind of leadership, I mean, understands and values culture, art and culture. They understand the power of it. Um, if only our leaders would have just a fraction of that kind of insight and understanding of the importance of it, the integral nature of it to our society and our future. Mutachi I think that's the perfect moment to bring the conversation to a close. I'm sorry we have run out of time for conversations, but please stay on and um, I'm sure we can have a more informal discussion. And um, please join me in thanking Dr Claire Roberts and Mr Liu and our translator Grace for a riveting conversation. Thank you.